It's Sunshine's Becky Gazeal here. Yes, and don't worry. If you missed us, well, that's why you're here, to catch up on the good stuff. Dr. Innes is in the building yeah. for the first time. First impressions? Uh, tall. Yeah. <laughs> you're a tall man. Tall guy. Tall upwards and sidewards. Well, I mean, just, you know, I wouldn't want to fight you. I feel like you're just... Crush me. <laughs> Throw me through a window. A, I've actually got a very soft heart. You do. Or not. <laughs> oh, so do I. I wouldn't fight you. Dr. Innes from Kingsway Vet Centre is our guest. He is taking your pet-related questions, so get them in, 0429 985 But we've actually got quite a serious thing to talk about with you, the Savo, because it's been in the news a lot lately about how or the statistics around vets taking their own lives. They're actually quite high. I think what we see in the news is just the tip of the iceberg. If you do proper research, you'll find that only the cases where someone like Finn's um, friend and um, another one, um, Sophie Putland's family in Adelaide, did where they actually put it on um, a whole campaign to make people aware of it. I think the problem is much deeper than that. So since I've been in Australia, which is about uh, 11 years, there's been 38 vets that committed suicide. 38? In, in, in Australia. Wow. wow. Roughly about three, four a year. And um, there's various things why these poor people thought that that was the only way out. And we are really grappling with a crisis in our profession at the moment as a result of that. And this last week's media coverage of um, this vet um, that committed suicide has all brought this whole sore boil thing again to the f- surface. And, you know, we've taken off the scab and it's a lot of discussion on, in our groups and between us about this um, whole scenario that we find ourselves in, this very sad scenario that we find ourselves in. Do, and do you have any idea about some of the causes behind yeah. that? Look, um, just a couple of stats I want to do. Um, vet suicide rate is about four times the average population wow. rate, twice that of GPs, twice that of um, dentists. And uh, in a recent survey, about a third of our vets are very stressed. A quarter of vets suffer from depression, and another quarter of vets actually work um, as work-related burnout. So if you put all of those facts together, you, you're talking about over half of vets that's got wow. some or other um, underlying um, problem that needs addressing and that isn't addressed potentially properly by that individual or the people working mm. around it. Look, generally speaking, vets are perfectionists. Yep. Things need to go the right way. And if it goes wrong, we often blame ourselves. We often, um, we often take it to heart and we often, can often get depressed about things that doesn't work out as well. We're very conscientious, uh, conscientious and also compassionate and, this is part of our problem is this what we call compassion fatigue mm-hmm. that a lot of us mm. not a lot of vets suffer from and i've been in i've been in clinics and colleagues of mine that suffered from this it's it's a hard juggle to juggle between uh, working very long hours um having compassion fatigue um close boring on burnout and then also clients perceptions of who we are and what we do And often we find that after a very long day, very hard day, at the end of the evening, you'll get clients in that's also had a long and a hard day. Mm -hmm. 
we are the first point of public um, contact and we unfortunately bear the brunt of it you know and and this is things that people probably don't even know there's some vets that's been held at gunpoint mm. um i've i've had to call the police to my clinic a few times oh, really? wow. abusive clients mm. clients that just do not understand um what we do and how important it is that we are allowed to do our job and actually do it properly. What do you think would help? What can you needs to change moving forward? Be kind to your vet. Mm. We say this all the time to our kids. Be kind to your brother. Be kind to your sister. I found, um, this has always been a problem, but I find since COVID, where everybody's been so on edge and everybody's been so extra frustrated and irritated by what's going on around it around us that uh, people's patients are running out much quicker they are um, short-tempered they cannot understand if there's a unfortunate clinical outcome um, there's lots of things that people don't perceive but all i can say to clients is be kind to your vet we are only human for confidential support and 24-hour support in australia call lifeline on 13 11 14 as well uh yvonne <laughs> takes it through i have a small two-year-old dog that we got as a one-year-old from an elderly lady who could not look after him uh he sleeps outside with our older dog and he is toilet trained but when he comes inside he pees and soils <laughs> in the house it's extremely frustrating how do i stop this first thing i want to ask you yvonne is this dog that you acquired from this elderly lady one is this dog neutered a lot of this sort of behavior is driven by testosterone so if this little dog is not neutered then it's very likely that that's part of the problem the other thing as well is this little dog has likely seen that this other dog is getting older and this younger dog is likely starting to think he can start replacing the leader of the pack or change the hierarchy of the the house there are smells inside there are probably uh, you can't smell it but he comes inside and he thinks that's his territory and that's how they mark their territory the other thing as well is there's a very good chance that this dog has some other low-grade psychological problem um, from before and um, you never know what happened with him and it might be that he connects certain places smells with something that happened mm. and that could be his way off uh of says it is neutered okay so this is likely that this is to do with smells and um behavior from previously um, my suggestion is to so the best thing to do is when they soil and, and urinate especially on carpets is to make sure you clean it properly don't use any um bleach or anything like that the best thing to use is soda water no don't (laughs) use vinegar use soda Soda water water. okay so the soda water uh, that you put on the urine actually makes the urea that's in the urine which is the smelly bit into water soluble ammonium and then you can just dab it up with um, so that co2 bubbles in soda water you're gonna have less for your little shot of whiskey tonight but you're gonna sort the problem (laughs) with the smells are you taking tips for your like your kids and that i mean Uh, i'm sure they're toilet trained no but sometimes (laughs) i never use would it work with kids you're on too 
I'm not an expert in kids, I'm yeah, afraid. Well. Yeah. <laughs> you got three. You <laughs> yeah, you should ask my wife about that. I'm not, I, I only tag along. <laughs> <laughs> You're just there for the ride. I am indeed, oh, yeah. Brilliant. Um, and we've also, I don't know if you can touch on this, but we've got a giant storm yeah. supposed to be coming in tomorrow. Yeah. Is there any way that um, yeah, pet owners can sort yeah. of prepare we, we, yeah. we should have talked about this last night already because owners should have prepared it already today. Uh-oh. By this time, most owners know if their dogs hate storms. Now, remember, your dog can hear the storm a week out. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't they, know that. Oh, they can hear and they can smell the changes, yeah? Wow. So if you know your dog know. is freaks out in a storm, please be prepared. Go to your vet and get some sedatives or get some, um, get some calming medication from your vet. Give it appropriately in time for it to work. You can do other things as well. There's what they call the thunder jacket. Um, there is something called, um, there's a plug-in diffuser with pheromones. I don't know whether I'm allowed to tell the word, say the word on here. Probably not. No. But there's a plug-in oh. diffuser that you can use, which is a good-feeling pheromone okay. that can saturate the area. You need to be prepared. You can't deny it before the storm think, oh, you know, what are we going right. to do? Okay, because by that time, the pawpaws are already the fan. Right. Did you say thunder jacket? Thunder jacket, Is yeah. Is that like a weighted blanket for yeah. a dog? Um, it's not, but it's a tight-fitting blank, yeah. uh, tight-fitting jacket, mm. and it just gives them that sensation of not being held, but contained. Okay. Yeah, so dogs like that. It works in about 10, maybe 20% yeah. of animals, but once again... That's not a high success rate. No, no, it's not <laughs> very successful. But, okay. but owners that, has got, that have these sort of dogs should know about these dogs um, reaction to weather and they should be prepared talk to your vet about it next time you go for your dog's vaccination talk to your vet about this so we can you can oh, sort right. it out before brilliant dr innes from kingsway vet center thank you so much for joining us thank you we really hope you enjoyed that chat it has been sunshine's beck and jazeel i think i enjoyed it more the second time it was good left a nice taste in my mouth we'll see you from three